Aloha, and welcome to Wisdom Dialogue with Hope Johnson, coming to you from Hawaiian Sanctuary on the beautiful Big Island of Hawaii. Yes. One thing that comes up a lot around our community in Hawaii is relationships, especially since a lot of people live in community. But, you know, that's going on everywhere, not just when people are living in community. A lot of the times we're resisting uh, depth in relationships. We're resisting the depths in them by resisting, like, our frustrations, our um, perception, like even a perception that a person is abusive or a narcissist or anything like that. Um, we tend to resist our feelings and then that makes us lash out at the other person, okay? Um, and that doesn't have to necessarily be in the form of yelling and screaming or saying you're a terrible person or anything like that. But in our mind, we see that some people as separate as if they are um, being a burden, for instance. Like someone's being a burden. Someone's maybe harassing you. You know, that's something that I've seen um, lately is someone harassing uh, and going, hey, you know, you're just a stupid fucking asshole and I want to make sure that everyone knows that you're a dumbass, you know. And, <laughs> and, and the person who's on the receiving end of that can be like, why doesn't this person just leave me alone? Why don't they just leave me alone? So, you know, when you have the perception that you want someone to just leave you alone, let that be... Uh, like a red flag for you so you know that, okay, here's the opportunity I'm getting right now for healing. Because there's no one who can be a threat to you. There's no one who can be uh, even difficult for you. You make them difficult. So no matter what another person seems to be doing in your perception, it could be whatever, um, you know, you choose how to see that situation, what to make of it. And, you know, I've heard, I, I've heard someone tell me, Hope, you can't just make of things whatever you want. And I said, well, yes, I can. Everyone is doing that. <laughs> You're making it what you want, too. We're all just making it what we want. And the thing is, it's not like you're not justified in the perception, you know, by your perception to say, man, this person is really difficult. This person is really a, a problem. Your perception is justifying that. That's not, that's not in question. But your perception isn't reality. That's not the truth. So the person who's bringing you that, uh, that opportunity, you know, and you know they're bringing you an opportunity because you're getting a triggered feeling, you're getting an upset feeling, you know, of course, they get seen as someone who deserves your gratitude. Nothing but gratitude because of what's being brought by that perception. You know, And a person who's playing into a perception where it feels like they're antagonizing or something like that, you know, what I've shared before and the same, the same always holds true is that they are asking for forgiveness in your name. Okay? So that person that seems to be outside of yourself is yourself. And the unforgiveness that seems to be 
directed toward that person is directed toward yourself. That's why forgiveness is so important. And, you know, when you have forgiveness in your heart for everything that everyone else seems to do, you know, you're also automatically forgiven. It's just, it, it just is that way. You know, because you, you don't need forgiveness in the first place. You need to forgive. And that's how you realize that you're forgiven. When you forgive, that's how you realize. So when a person, uh, when, when a person approached me this past week and asked me to do something, and I said, no, thank you, um, that kind of thing doesn't interest me. Um, and then, you know, the person started accusing me and saying some different stuff, like if I didn't do that, th those things, I'm this kind of person. In fact, I'm abusing her if I don't do these things that she's telling me to do. So the first thing in my mind is, can't she just fucking go away? <laughs> like, that's the very first thing. Can't that bra just go away? And then, you know, it's always the ego is always the knee-jerk reaction, right? We always know that the ego is the knee-jerk reaction. So never follow that one. I mean, it is for comedy. It is funny. Um, why, you know, why do I have to deal with her, you know? Um, and, then, and then after that, there's just a willingness to relax with the sensation and a gratitude because there's a certain sensation that's arising with the thought that says, why can't this chick just go away? You know, there is a, there's a certain feeling that's arising with that. And that feeling is what you need compassion for. So, you know, that, let that be kind of like a flag where you perceive someone as being some kind of a burden for you. When you get that perception that they're being a burden for you, that's like a distraction. So you don't know the feeling that's projecting off of. And, and you know, before that, the thought that made the feeling manifest, you know. So it's all, all of the illusion is to distract your attention from what's really going on underneath the pictures that you see. Beneath the pictures that are playing out on the surface, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of mental activity. So, and, and you know, that's the hardest thing for people. I, I you know, I saw this past week, one of my friends who comes to Wisdom Dialogues all the time, um, <laughs> so he said something about how someone is harassing her or something like that, harassing her, abusing her, something like that. And, you know, to my mind, I'm like, oh, my goodness, doesn't she come to Wisdom Dialogue? You know, like, you know, but the thing is, we get kind of like uh, taken on a thought train. Even, even if we, um, we seem to have a certain amount of wisdom and know, and, and know certain things, we can kind of like get socked in the jaw and go on this journey where it seems like the things are very separate. All of a sudden, someone is a problem and everyone must know that this person is a problem. Everyone needs to learn about how this person is a threat. Um, so, you know, as soon as I saw that, I'm like, oh, and, you know, I get the sense that there's some kind of problem because this person comes with some dialogue and it's just like, ah, of course, it's perfect, you know. And, 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 then, and then, you know, 
the learning takes place through the experience. So it's good, it's awesome that, to go through something like that, especially when you come to Wisdom Dialogues and you read, read the posts and stuff like that, and you realize that your, uh, your feeling that you have toward this person can be healed by this thing that's bought, brought up. Because it, it's really a feeling that you have toward yourself. And it's bringing it up to be healed. That's the only thing it's for. So when you're, when you're willing to only use it for that, like use the illusion for healing your mind instead of for trying to get something out of the illusion, then everything calms down for you. Everything relaxes for you. I mean, you could have an, uh, a, a, an upset uh, person, like it's the end of the world coming at you or whatever, you know, when you know that is, when you know what this is for, then you could just be the space for whatever it is. It doesn't matter what it, whatever needs to manifest in the space. You can just be the space for that and not have to be resisting it because resisting it is anyways resisting your own feeling. You can't really resist a, an illusion, can you? Because it's not really there. You're not going to be pressing up a, against it. Um, but... But what's going on is like a stuffing of the feeling sense. Because the feeling sense gets to the point where it's disturbed. There's a disturbed feeling. Something about an interaction maybe that you had um, bringing up a disturbed feeling for you. And that particular dis disturbed feeling is just asking for attention. But what the ego tries to get you to do is go outward and try to fix that perceived uh, problem and that could simply be judging the other person that person is insane for instance that person is unconscious uh, that person is unethical that person is this 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 and this and it's not in the words but it's in the feeling see the words never matter uh, it's just, it's in the feeling where you project something in order to dismiss that you're having a feeling that needs some attention. So that person is, um, uh, that, let's say that person is mean, okay? There's no person who's mean. You're seeing an error if you see a person is mean, okay? Uh, you, you get the sense that they're mean, you can laugh at the sense you're getting. You can laugh at the sense that you're getting, that sense that they're mean, see? And, and you know, and, and, you know, people, if they don't calm down at first when you're just, like, right in their presence, if you're spending time around people over time, they're going to relax They're going because the, it can't help it. That's how, the, that's how um, energy is. You can't, like, stay in the presence of someone who's, like, battling with you, you know, uh, as, as your mind is being purified of the guilty concept, there's definitely less perception of any kind of battle. I mean, to the point where it's like, oh, hooray, there's something to work with here when it arises. <laughs> so, uh, so, you know, basically my friend told me all this, um, bad stuff about me, uh, if, because I wasn't agreeing to do the thing that she wanted me to do, which is basically to get in the middle of a quarrel with her and another person and take her side. Um, and I said, no, I'm not interested in that. And 
um, got that, and at the end of it was like, why don't you want to talk to me? And I said, it's not about you like that. It's just that the subject matter doesn't interest me. It's not, it's not you. You're fine. You can uh, tell me that I'm abusive and tell me all this other stuff. And still, I'm happy to talk with you. I'm just not really interested in having a conversation about that particular sub subject matter that um, we that you wanted that you want me to do this interjection between two, two quarreling people. Yeah. It's just, there's not a, um, there's not an obligation on anyone in the, like the world does not oblige you. Your guidance is always what's true. And Whatever you're having a perception of in the world is always to bring up that guidance. It's blessed. It's awesome. No, oh, it's totally blessed. Tell me anything. It's blessed. I love it. It's kind of funny. It's almost like a game. Is this gonna is this gonna get you to um, react in anger toward me. And you know, I can sense the reaction, the triggered reaction, it totally comes up. But it doesn't need to be expressed because it's not believed. If it's believed, it's going to automatically be expressed. If it's believed that that person is burdensome, it's going to automatically be projected back to that person like, yeah, why would I want to talk to you when you're telling me what a fucked up person I am, Right? When none of that stuff even matters, there's no need to make any of that kind of stuff real in the first place. Anything that is um, ugly or mean or whatever, that could just be overlooked. Like that's not relevant. Like the, the, the main thing is to avoid trying to convince anyone that they've done anything wrong or anything to you. <laughs> to restore your mind to innocence. Because whenever you get the perception that someone can do something to you, that's a perception of a guilty thought. That's projected guilt. So you have a choice in that moment to accept that. And you can notice the difference in your energy sensation. You can notice it right away. You know, it's like, can, can I go to gratitude? And that's like my favorite because it's just so easy to just go to gratitude. It's like, ah, thank you. I feel that. Ooh. Oh, no. What if it's get, what if it gets out? <clears throat> what if it gets out that, uh, you're an abuser or something like that. And it's really funny because the person will use words from the cover of my book. <laughs> in, the, in the paragraph. And that just makes it more fun. I just... <laughs> that just makes it more interesting. It's, uh, it's, 
it gets to the point where it's just like really obvious when there's some kind of a hook being presented. And that doesn't, uh, and that doesn't say whether, you know, the hook is whether I would say yes or no to the thing that the person is asking, you know, that's to something completely different. That's just, uh, that's just whatever the guidance is in the moment. I don't have a rule for that. It's not like if they're treating me good, then I'll be with them. If they're treating me shitty, then I won't. What I find is for the most part, I'm gravitating toward people that treat me really well and actually take care of me all the time. It's super sweet. And then, and then I like to pepper it with the certain um, people where it'll feel like a little bit challenging, you know, and, and have, some, uh, have some challenges because it's through the challenges that the learning takes place. It's through those challenges. And the thing is, what's challenged too? Look at what's challenged. It can only be the ego. You're not capable of being challenged. So the challenge, it's like you're just going through the challenge. You're just going through a sense of challenge, you can say. Right? Because you're getting a sense of an ego self, a separate self, born in fear, being challenged. So you're just cruising through the challenge, not taking on any of it. But the challenge is what is necessary for the expansion. And, you know, you could see that uh, you could you could see that, too, in different in different ways. Like everything is symbolic. You know, things are symbolic, like, say, in weightlifting, a weightlifter, they challenge themselves with more weight before their muscle expands, you know, and it's almost like you're challenging yourself with this scenario so that your mind can awaken. And in, that's every scenario. Like nothing's on accident. Nothing's random. You know, we have a thing where we say random, a random. And, you know, I'll even hear that come out of my mouth. It's not true. Nothing is random. It's all perfectly placed. None of that stuff is coming up by accident. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like we want to attach a, 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 certain, a certain idea about ourselves onto another person. Like when we see, say that person is a problem, that person is a danger. I need that person to stay away from me. I'm not saying to stop saying that. You can't. You don't have a choice in it. I'm talking about looking at it. When you're recognizing that what you're saying is perpetuating an illusion and you're just recognizing it as, you, as you're going through it, that's how your mind shifts. So, you know, it's not saying that you have to... Um, refrain from any kind of language or um, try not to blame people um, for what you're making of them. <laughs> but when you find yourself blaming someone in recognizing what's going on there, you're blaming them for something that you made of them. When you recognize that as you're going through those motions, that's where the healing takes place. It's not about the activity. Let the activity be a teacher. Let the, whatever activity that you seem to do, let that be the teacher. 
And whatever activity anyone else seems to do, let that be the teacher. See, whenever you get the impression that what someone else do it does can somehow threaten you or make you feel bad. I mean, you know, I'm sure you can imagine how powerless you must feel if people can make you feel bad. Can they? Oh, I was crying so much because of what that person said. No, you were not crying because of what that person said. You think you cried because of what that person said. But no, no. You cried because of what you think about yourself. And you made that person reflect it back to you. All, all, they're, uh, you know, all they're deserving of is your gratitude, really. Wow, thanks for bringing that up. That's heavy. I really cried over that perception. I really cried over having that perception. I'm so glad I got to see that. See, what occurs with this is it, it, is it allows you to see what core beliefs you're holding on to that make it seem possible that someone can make you feel a certain way good or bad, it all comes from you. There's only one of us really. No choice, no choice in the matter of how things play out. No choice in the matter. So a person is seeming like they're calling you a stupid, I don't know, cunt. Let's say people love that word. <laughs> uh, all right, and and, and 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 you get you get that perception. It's like, hey, thanks. You know, and and, and it's an it's an honest and heartfelt thank you, because it's like especially if you got a reaction to that. Like, wow. Whew. Like, other people are just going to help bring up whatever feelings you're trying to repress. And here's the interesting thing. Uh, as long as you're trying to repress those feelings, people are going to keep on showing up in your life. They're really showing up in your mind to reflect those feelings. So you can't get rid of them. That's why... The more prisons they build, the more prisons they need to build. Okay, because you can't get rid of you can't get rid of the the energy. That's not how it happens. It has to be transformed. Okay, pretty soon everyone's going to be in prison. Keep on going. Uh, you know, the 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 energy of the mind. The mind has to change its decision about itself. The mind decided that it was guilty, and it has to change its decision. And the decision gets changed through willingness to see through the illusions the mind's making out of that sense of separation. Believing that it's guilty makes it as if there's a separation from one mind and all these other minds. But, the, but in reality, there's not different minds. There's only one mind. So we're having a perception that's unique and seemingly individual 
could say it's individualized because, you know, the individuals made up of the thoughts, of the ideas, concepts, um, judgments. So anything that the, uh, that, that's perceived through that point of view of the individual is coming from the thought construct of the individual. It's just a reflection. It just reflects back. So seeing as we're not separate, we can enjoy whatever it is. Sometimes maybe someone is, you're like shocked, you're taking off balance. And you know, for a second, maybe you're like, what the hell? Don't do that. Every moment is new. So every moment you can take another little bit of relaxation and let that settle, whatever it is that makes it seem like the person, you want the person to go away from you. And, and, and see if you can settle down right within that energy and feel like kind of like an open, kind of like embrace. Okay? And here's the interesting thing that I see is that seems to scare um, energy, that, like energy that's looking for conflict, an energy that's looking for conflict, it seems to scare that energy away. Even though it's like, hey, I'm good with it. I'm open to it. Because it's all energy. So, you know, you've heard what you resist persists. But for some reason, well, I know why. It's defensiveness. There's trouble practicing that. That what you resist persists. Saying, I don't want those crazy people, or I don't want that loud music, or I don't want that barking dog. When can it just be quiet? Then the thought crossed your mind, well, that dog probably only has like three more years to live. And you're like, whoa, I got murder going on now. That's great. <laughs> I mean, if you're watching, if you're watching the, the thoughts that are casting the screen of consciousness, you're going to start to see a lot more insane thoughts, actually, because the, the insane thoughts get automatically covered up, okay? Because it's like uh, there's, there's believing in a thought, but not wanting to know that about yourself, that you're believing in a thought. <laughs> so... <laughs> So, so there's like, it's almost like pretending not to see because, you know, consciousness is conscious of everything. Consciousness is 100% conscious of everything. But there's this defensiveness that covers up, covers, and, you know, so the thought that uh, I hate my life, for instance, might just cross, cross your mind. And, you know, if you don't take a moment and go, whoa, or you're not, you know, you're not, consciously aware you could say it's one way of saying it even though conscious is conscious of it all the time let's say you're not consciously aware of it then it just automatically gets believed like any thought about yourself automatically gets believed unless you choose that it's it, it doesn't mean anything you see that it doesn't mean anything then it doesn't mean anything but other than that it's going to get it's going to get automatically believed and you know what occurred to me, too, this past week is that with all the um, technology that we have going on, that stuff is just symbolic. It's like a, uh, it's like a low-level 
um, low vibrational. Um, and you know, low is relative too. It doesn't really mean anything, but it's like a dissonant energy, a dissonant vibe, a vibe that will encourage ego thoughts, inspire ego thoughts, guilty kind thoughts. Um, so it's like we set this EMF type stuff up as a symbolic thing to kind of like lower the consciousness is one way of saying it. Not that that stuff has any power over anyone, but there's a sense that people get that there's that things are really bad and they believe it. The choice to believe it is always voluntary. So it, it occurred to me that it's like all this... Um, and and it's only it's only symbolic though, so that means that since it's symbolic, it doesn't actually have any effects. It doesn't actually have any effects. So I was like, oh, that can't really possibly have any effect. And uh, and then and then a friend tells me about this thing called Focus Life Force Energy. If you guys want to look it up, it's flfe.com, where they found out how to use this quantum kind machine to actually harmonize those EMF energies, which just makes me laugh because of course that's not really true either, but it's something that the mind can wrap its, its, uh, uh, wrap its delusions around and go, okay, I can use that. And you know, you don't really need that. You don't really need that. You can make the same effects yourself. You know, at the same time I had the, um, you know, someone said, hey, check it out, 15 days. I put it on, and the major thing that I noticed is my son, especially my big son, oh, my goodness, so much anxiety calmed down. <laughs> I was like, wow, that's really interesting. And, you know, here's the thing about these symbols, all these symbols and these different devices that the mind uses to make effects. It's like where there's belief first then that's when the illusion manifests to support it. That's all. You don't really need it to do that. That doesn't mean you can't use it as a device to make that effect. It's not a problem to use the magic. It is not a problem at all. It's being given to you. It's like a gift given to you. Like here, here's the magic you could use so you, you know, see that. Because as we perceive ourselves in separation, even if we're aware that it's not, it is a sense of separation, not reality, you know, there's a, there, there's a sense of, that this, of things being a certain way in the illusion. So as we're opening up to what's true and truly using our body for awakening the mind and not for anything else above that, right? Not putting anything else above that. It doesn't mean you can't have uh, other uh, apparent things that you're moving toward, you know? I mean, one of them is you're just going to the store, you know? That's like an objective. You're going to the store. Maybe you're going to buy some butter or something like that, you know? Um, but the, the main reason, the main reason for going to the store, the main reason is for that journey is for healing, right? Or you could call it forgiveness or awakening the mind or choosing kindness over unkindness. There's lots of different ways to say it. I think you guys, you know, uh, have to have to have an idea of what it is from your own perspectives because the words don't really say, you know, what that knowledge is. What is this choice that I have? 
What is this one choice that I have? What does it feel like? In all different moments, it could feel like something different. I noticed recently, wow, it's a choice between kindness and unkindness. And I just felt so true to me because um, it's, uh, it's like right now, and am I kind or unkind to myself, really? There's only one of us. So am I being kind or unkind? Is that kind or unkind? Right? And the ego will say, of course it's good for you to, to point out their flaws. That way they can fix them. And the thing is, the flaws you have a perception of, those are not there. They're not actually there. So it's like, it, it's like you're in your own little world with your perception of this person being flawed. And even if you have the perception of other people agreeing with you, like, oh, yeah, that person is just, they're just a difficult person. Even if you have other people agreeing you, with you that that person is a difficult person, those other people are also in your own world. You are in your own world um, and making yourself very separate when you think that the problems that you or the difficulties or whatever you perceive in another person are really real. They're not actually there. You don't see them clearly. You're not seeing them truly. And then when you go tell other people they're like that, you convince your mind even more deeply and you set yourself up for more uh, threatening kind interaction with people. You know, the kind where you feel threatened, like you're going to be made into a victim. You know. People think they get hurt by their relationships, but it's really the hurt is projected from in the mind where there's fear of love. And fear of love is also fear of loss. It's the same thing. You know, there's, there's, no, there's no such thing as loss. And, you know, we think that there's a such thing as loss, so it's like, as I don't want to get too close to you because then you might break my heart. And it's like there's no need to give them the power to do that. In fact, you know, when, whenever someone is giving the power to hurt you, that is not love. That is fear. Oh, I love you so much. Don't break my heart. Oh, my goodness. You know, that's so sweet. You're dealing with fear. When you see through that, then there could be love. Then you could see love. Uh, love is not afraid. There's no fear and there's no sacrifice in love. And that's why the moment is so rich. The moment is so deep because there's not, a, uh, there's not an attachment to tomorrow. Someone tells you, I love you so much. You're the best person. I'm never going to leave you. I'm going to be by your side forever. And the next week they're boning up with your friend, right? And, 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 you know, the only, the, only, the only reason you would have a problem, the only reason you would have a problem with that is attachment. You're attached to how this situation goes. And, you know, the attachment is always coming up in the moment. It's a, it'll show itself as, like, as jealousy, fear, frustration, Anger, it'll show itself. And so, you know, you're preparing 
for any kind of potentially devastating experiences. They could just be, so your mind can just meet them with joy by looking at every single upset feeling or sense of, uh, uh, a sense of, of fear of loss or anything like that. Looking at every single one of those as an opportunity to get compassion for yourself because every single thing that you perceive in the world is fleeting. It's all changing and everything is, everything is passing. You don't know when it might pass. Just because someone is a certain age doesn't mean that they can't um, get, you know, you can't have the perception of them passing away at any given time. You know, so it's like every moment counts. Every moment is really important for awakening your mind and it's not important for anything else. All the other things, they take care of themselves. Sure, they get taken care of through you. A lot of them do. Not, a, not all of them. And, you know, in fact, your part is very small. Um, but those things getting taken care of through you actually happen as a matter of course in the mind. So even whether or not you're going to stay with a person that you're involved with or keep living with roommates or anything like that, keep your job, anything... It's all pattern and it's all for awakening the mind. So you don't have a choice in what it is that you're going to um, be involved in and who you're going to be involved with. Your choice is how you're going to take that, what you're going to make of it. That's the choice you always have. That's, a, that's how the mind um, perceives and moves through a perceived world. The mind makes things of things. That's what you're taught from a baby, to make things of things. You make things out of things, okay? When you make things out, of, uh, when you make things out to seem as if you're guilty, you hurt yourself. You hurt your own mind. You set up threats in the world. You set up conflict situations. You set up confusion for yourself. and resistance to life as if some particular outcomes could be um, less desirable than others or some choice can be less desirable than another. That perception would only come from perceiving your body as if it's something that can get you something in the world. When you're using it for what it's meant to be used for, which is awakening, forgiveness, kindness, learning kindness, you don't have to have a care about it. It'll all take care of itself. You know, people get worried like, how am I going to keep affording my medication? I have to depend on certain income coming in so I can keep on affording my medication, for, inst for instance. Or what about the term fixed income? Okay. These are things that we make, in, we make up to make scarcity seem like it's reality. Okay? It looks like it's a reality in a lot of different situations. In the perception, it looks like it's a reality, but that's because that's the way it's being projected. So each one, 
and it only takes one of us. Here's the thing, because the, because the perception is subjective, you're gonna ask, how many people does it take in the world purifying their mind before I see through this illusion? How many people does it take? Yes. One. Yes, just one. You don't need anyone to agree with you. You don't need anyone to be on board with you. Okay? You don't need to go find like-minded people. They will arise in your experience. Because you know what? Mind energy attracts. You're always, only, ever with like-minded people. No matter what judgment you might have about that. <laughs> yeah. Like you're automatically a vibrational match to like whoever you're around. That's right. That's Probably right. Yeah, it's all it's and and here's and and here's the thing. You're matching. The reason you're matching is because there's a teaching learning opportunity that's going to occur between you two. So it's perfect. And there's not levels. There's not like levels like, like, oh, yeah, you move through like teaching this certain kind of person, lower vibration person, then you move up to a higher vibration person, levels of teaching and learning. It's nothing like that at all. You can bounce back and forth to what you consider any kind of hierarchy in the illusion. Uh, wherever wherever uh, your mind energy matches with another's mind energy in a sense that it works for healing. It's beneficial for healing. Now, for some people, that's a bunch of fighting. And, you know, for some people, that's what healing looks like because a big part of the healing is that they need to learn and play out the patterns over and over and over again before they're willing to open their hearts and have an and have a, um, open perception to seeing that they they made that person into that. that you know, there's always going to be the quarreling until there's willingness to see that. It's always going to go back and forth like that. No one in anyone's whole entire um, you know, group of friends, family, whatever, is going to be able to avoid irritating you. That's just how it goes. They could be the best. You think they're the best person in the world. You just don't spend too much time with them. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're going to irritate you. That's just how it goes. <laughs> you know, and, and you know, when you, when you get what's going on and you're in relationship with someone and you get irritated with them, you're, you just feel so grateful to them. You don't even feel like you need to tell them that you got irritated with them because it's not really their business. It doesn't even involve them. It was you having a perception. It didn't even have anything to do with them. Like back in the early days when me and my husband were first together and we wanted each other to like change like something about ourselves, we would go, hey, you know, I don't really like it when you do that like that. And I wish you would, you know, and over the years, you know, it's been like, I don't know, what is it, 27 or 28? I don't know. It's getting close to 30. I'm losing count. Um, but... Uh, but you know, at, over time it gets to the point where we're like, Oh, thank you. I got a sense of irritation. Oh, thank you. We don't have to tell the person. Thank you. But we don't also have the have to tell the person that we want them to do something different. You know, well, one, one big, one, one big example pops right up in my mind where 
um, maybe, I don't know, like, uh, like 15 years ago or something, I'm laying in bed, I'm sleeping or I'm half asleep. Maybe, I don't know. My husband decides he wants to read, you know, so he turns the light on to read. And I'm just like, what the fuck? <laughs> Who turns the fucking light on? Well, a person's fucking... I was pissed. I was absolutely... I just woke up like, man, what is wrong with you? Like, how are you raised and shit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, and my husband was just... the You know, and the reason it sticks out in my mind, he was so hurt. Like, he couldn't... He didn't know, like, he didn't know he he was going to be such a, uh, you know, like such a uh, burden on me if he turned that light on and he just felt so bad. I remember how bad he felt about it. Anyways, he didn't turn the light on again while I was sleeping like that. And that's been like 15 years, but, (laughs) but, 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 you know, it didn't matter anyways, because the lesson isn't necessarily to get the husband to turn the light off because it's just like the same thing with anything else. It's like whack-a-mole, right? It's like you whack it on the head and something else pops up somewhere else. So the next thing I know, oh my gosh, and you know, I didn't realize it at the time because I didn't realize how things were working, you know, how things were really working. Um, And all of a sudden, my neighbors were like a huge freaking problem for me. Like I would be up at night because of my neighbors. And, you know, like if my husband turning the light on compared to that was like, but I didn't even give that any thought because I didn't see how things were playing. I didn't think, see how they're actually like um, playing together. And uh, yeah, by the way, that was probably when he turned that light on, probably I was probably in my 20s, it was probably like 25 years ago. Um, and then it was the neighbors at one place. I move, I go. So, so here's, here's the thinking. Okay. Now I'm spending close to 300,000 bucks on a house. So now I'm going to have quiet because before I was like living in a condo and we had neighbors where they had, uh, probably like 30 people living in their condo and they were just always coming and going. And so and I figured, okay, since these go for like 150000 then if I double the amount I pay, then maybe I can have quiet. Next thing you know, I'm actually like on a street with gangbangers. And they're like doing drug deals in the middle of the night, and they're, they're playing basketball and uh, outside and loud music and everything like that. So while I was living there, that's when I came to the realization it's all coming from me, Right? I started to realize, oh my gosh, all of this is coming from me. I'm making all like, like when I was pregnant with one of my sons, I called the police station. I think it's the guy who's 19 now. I called the police and I was distraught. I was asking the police department, how much do I have to pay to get some peaceful, peaceful nights, please? <laughs> Why can't you guys do anything? So... <laughs> So while I was living there, I would realize that it was, it was me. It was all coming from me. And so I started to walk in my neighborhood and just like walk and like bless my neighborhood. Not to try to get anything, not to try to get the gangbangers to stop being gangbangers or anything like that. Um, but to appreciate like things that I could appreciate, like plants. For one thing, in California, they plant a lot of plants in my neighborhood. There's plenty of plants to appreciate, people, whatever there was to appreciate. 
I just completely just start walking through my neighborhood, appreciating everything. And then, um, you know, just from walking, I got to know all the gangbangers, of course. Um, and, and, you know, and, and we started having conversations and, um, and, you know, they were awesome. And they're like, do we bother you? Do we bother you at night? Does it bother you that we're out here making all this noise? And I'm like, no, not at all. Make all the noise you guys want to make, you know? And, and that's how I felt. That's how I felt too. I was like, no, not at all. Make all the noise you guys want to make. Cause I realized once I realized it was coming from me, I had no problem sleeping. They were not a problem. So there was no, uh, yeah, and they're like, they're like, oh, yeah, because someone's been calling the police on, on us. And I was like, oh, yeah, that was probably me, but that's been a while, little while since I did that. But, yeah, that was definitely me, you know. I thought you guys were keeping me up with your music and your drug deals and your all your stuff, and then I realized that that wasn't the, the situation, and, I, and, and everything's awesome. So, <laughs> yeah, it, it's, see what I mean? Like, I can make anything I want out of it. I made it into a problem, and then I just realized that it was meaningless. I don't need to make anything out of it. I don't need to make, any, I don't need to make anything flowery out of it. I don't need to make anything shitty out of it. I don't need to make anything good out of, out of it. I don't need to make anything out of it. What is, is. And when I go on my walk, I have sweet interactions with people. <laughs> and I actually don't give a shit what they're doing. And like, you know, it's interesting to me. The stories are good. But I don't feel like they have some kind of an impact on me. So we just uh, started being friends with all the gangbangers. So then, you know, I don't know if you guys, like, you know, we're from Southern California. That's, like, a thing where there's gangbangers and they, um, like, there will be a group of gangs and they call themselves one color or something. And there will be a group of gang, um, gang members, like, two blocks over and they got a different name or color or whatever it is. And for some reason, they decided that they want to fight each other whenever they see each other. So they'll, like, kill each other. Like, there will be, like, there's a murder on my street, stuff like that. Uh, and, you know, it, there's always this thing like, oh, no, don't. And I lived in the neighborhood, you know. And I had a kid, brand new baby, kids, nice house, you know. And... Uh, and I just go, I just go walking around the neighborhood and and talk to people and um, see what is going on with the with the peeps. And you know, we're all the same. <laughs> Everyone's just trying to have a good time. <laughs> and you know, it's the same in this day too, where it's, it gets a, a presented as. People are different from you, you know, and I notice, you know, driving around and the first physical, uh, physical based body illusion kind of reaction that wants to come out when I see a group of people with a bunch of masks on fucking maskers, (laughs) (laughs) fucking masking outside. Right. And. Just noticing, see, it's not a matter of whatever it is that comes up in your mind or, or even out your mouth. It's, will you, will you notice it and notice the impact that it has? Is it kindness or unkindness? 
basically. Okay? So, so in just noticing that, and I find myself, like, on the way just coming here, cruising down the highway, there's the post office. Everyone's got masks outside the post office. Of course, when I go to the post office, you guys, I don't even put one on. No one says anything to me. I just, like, go in there and do my thing. But I guess there's a sense, like, people have to wear them, so they're, they're wearing them. And I just noticed, I saw them, I'm like, and, and it was just like love, not mask. Like, it's just like, it, it can be mask or not. It doesn't matter. It doesn't, make a, it doesn't make any difference. The mind puts up certain things. And for different people, it's different things. For different people, it could be different things. So for some people, it would be, be like, oh, I, I, I can't stand that they shave their legs and they're a dude or something. Look at all the shaved legs, people. <laughs> uh, uh, right. I hate it when they wear those two colors together. You know, <laughs> it, it just, it's so, it, it, that, that part of it, like what it, whatever it is that you're putting out there as the thing, that's random and meaningless. What's meaningful, though, what's meaningful in all that stuff that seems like it's just mundane is a sense like making a person separate. So that's where you're getting the opportunity to join your mind with them so they don't have to be separate. It's not like you can't see that maybe, um, you know, they're the, you think their clothes don't match. Okay? You're getting the perception of that, that their clothes that don't match. It's not a reason to be like, uh uh-huh. <laughs> See, I'm good at it. <laughs> I don't even know if I can. <laughs> like the person with the mask on in the car, and they're, they're alone in the car, and they have the mask on. And it's like what? It's like what fun? What fun, right? What I notice, and, it, and especially, you know, a lot of the people that I'm hanging around with, too, are, like, people who aren't, aren't into wearing masks, too. And, um, and the person that I'm with will have a reaction, like, oh, my God, masks, ah. And, you know, just, like, a, a willingness to relax. You don't have to say anything to the person. You don't have to tell them <laughs> their perception is wrong. You know, you, you know, you shouldn't be reacting like that. You know, I have one friend that I'm hanging out with all the time. And whenever I'm with a friend, it's just fun to me. It's just funny just to witness. It's, you know, he'll drive and, and uh, drive a little bit. and Ah, some more fucking maskers. Drive a little bit more. Ah. And I'll just be like taking it, you know, like being the space for it. That's what it's like. You could just, you could just in, enjoy whatever it is. Let people have their own learning progression, however that is. You don't need to teach anything because all the teaching that comes, comes through you. You don't have a choice in it. It's, but when you think you do and you need to teach someone something, it comes out like that. And, you know, for sure, whenever someone, whenever it seems like someone thinks you're the enemy or, you're, or they're trying to teach you, it's not time to start teaching them. They're trying to teach them. Let, let, enjoy the teaching. Enjoy the teaching. You know, someone, say for instance, someone comes up to you in total delusion, thinking that they're going to teach you a lesson. Enjoy the teaching. You are getting a teaching. 
not in the way that they think. But you are getting a teaching, always. So just enjoy the lesson. Don't try to be the one to teach. See? That's how you get yourself into trouble, if you try to be the one to teach. I know it sounds funny. I'm sitting here in Wisdom Dialogues, and I seem like the one teaching, and I'm saying that. But what I'm saying is, like, day-to-day life, when people aren't, like, coming to me for Wisdom Dialogues kind information, I'm not the one to teach. Okay? Unless there's a straight-up openness where it's obvious that that's, a, that's, the, that's what's being welcomed. Um, basically being asked for. It's like, it, it's like clear that it's being asked for. It's not like the, um, people are always ready for whatever it is. It's not like people are always ready to receive whatever it is that you think you have to teach. And, you know, really, like what I talked about before, that comes down to your readiness too, right? Because everyone's in your perception. So, again, go easy on yourself. You don't have to be in a hurry. Like you have to try to force yourself to learn something. It's the same thing when you're trying to force a person to learn something. Like you're like, oh, gosh, this person is my partner, and they don't know that what they're doing is this, for instance. What they're doing is unconscious. What they're doing is um, setting themselves up. What what they're doing is hurting themselves. Leave them alone. Let them have their experience. Just enjoy them. Any lesson that needs to come through you will come through your joy. That's the greatest teaching there is. You're just enjoying them. Letting themselves be as they are. The mind likes to set up these comparisons, you know, like we tend to think that whatever, um, like certain, uh, way that we relate with things like say diet, exercise, relationships, we tend to think that that's the best way and that everyone else should be doing it that way. That's how the, that's how the ego is. Like you could even say, I think the best way of living is to make sure you get fresh air and sunshine every day. And someone goes, well, uh, that's not for me. I like, to, I like to stay in a cave. And maybe that's someone that's close to you. Let's say it's your kid. That's a good one. Yeah, your kid. They're like, no, I, I don't agree with that. I like to stay in my room and I like to play video games all day. I don't believe that. You need any fresh air or sunshine to be healthy. Let that person have their perception is what I'm saying. Okay. Everyone has a different um, way of looking at things. Everyone has a different way of thinking that, okay, this is right. And look, it always changes. It always changes. Like, you think you got it. You don't got it. That's the thing. The mind is always changing. Okay, now I got the perfect diet. This is the diet for the rest of my life that's going to always result in my tummy feeling comfortable after I eat. That'll change. You heard that saying, this too shall pass. It's going to keep on changing, and the food's going to keep on being irritated, seeing me like it's irritating to your stomach until you're willing to recognize that you made that up. 
And you know you're willing to recognize that you made it up because that particular illusion can't manifest for you anymore. You cannot eat something and get a tummy ache. As long as you eat something and get a tummy ache, you're not willing yet. As soon as you're willing, the tummy ache will be gone. Okay, it'll be gone in the moment. As soon as you're willing to see that, no thing can affect you. No thing can affect how you feel. No thing can affect your health. And I mean good or bad. Good or bad, really. And you don't have a choice in what those things are. So we perceive things like, you know, essential oils. You guys know I have an essential oil company, right? It's called Miracle Botanicals. The best freaking essential oils in the mother effing world. <laughs> I say that with confidence and authority. <laughs> you know, you get the sense that essential oils are good for stuff like inflammation, cancer, um, hair loss, like all different kinds of things. Like, wow, this stuff is really effective. You can look to the chemical. Um, you can look to the chemical analysis. Look at what chemicals are in there. Look up what the chemicals analysis says about it and everything. And all that, all that information, all that information is just giving you something that you can use as a device to get a certain reaction out of it. And, you know, it's fun. You also made it so it smells good. Uh, some of them don't smell good to you. Some of them do. Some people don't like them at all. Some people don't like them at first, and then they grow on them. <laughs> but we make those effects up. We make the effects up good and bad. And all you have to do is remember that. Keep that in mind. You know, when you're, you know, you maybe use something, and it seems like, wow, this is really effective to do this, to make this kind of effect. This is awesome. Just check yourself and recognizing that you made that up. It's amazing how effective I made this up is. Things stop being such a burden for you. Because here's how the mind works. If something is good and you think you want it, okay? You made it good. You said, these essential oils, these are good. Oh, damn, they're expensive. Which, I don't know. It depends on what you think expensive is. Some of them are six bucks, okay? But, oh, damn, this little bottle of something is just going to take away all my money. That's burden. See, and in a sense, it's just like, oh, I, I enjoy this. Oh, how great. I love to use this kind of thing. How great that it appears in my perception. And then that's it. Don't have to add to it. Okay, how will I get this into my budget? How will I get to afford it? I better keep on working so I can keep on getting my essential oils. We just keep on telling ourselves stories. It's the same thing like the old person that's going, how will I make it? I'm on fixed income and how will I get my medicine? That is the medicine. <laughs> that reaction, that sensing that something is, a, something is wrong, that something you can't get something that you need. You can't get anything besides what you need that's the thing you can't you can't get anything other than what you need so for me in my you know in in my perception in my world my life whatever you want to say you know when i get this the sense that i want something and i can't have it that sense is what i want that sense that i can't get what i want is what I want. That's interesting to me. I'm curious about that. How did I get the sense that I can't get what I want? 
How did that sense arise that I can't get what I want? And and why do I keep on using that to make illusions of not getting what I want? Because <laughs> that's the resisting that's giving the illusion over and over again that you're not getting what you want. Well, as soon as you stop re resisting, you realize you want everything you got. And there's no way that something that's coming can't also be exactly what you want. It's what I want right now. And whatever's coming is exactly what I want. So then there's no problem. There doesn't seem to be enough money for that. I don't cut that out as if I, there's no way I can have that because I don't have the money. That's, a, that's delusional, the thought that we're, we can use money to get things. It only looks like that. We only made that into something. The things, the life is just coming. The life just comes automatically. It's not dependent on money. So when the, when the mind is open to that, when the mind is open to that concept, nothing is dependent on money. You can see new possibilities. You can see different possibilities. And not only that, it, it doesn't stifle the flow of actual money. Because it's resisting money when you're saying, I can't, I hear this all the time, I can't afford that. Uh, I only make this much money. I only make this much money. Uh, actually, you make all the money in the whole world that you can perceive. You make all the money in the whole world. You make all the rich people. You make all the poor people. And you make all the money that everyone has. And then you make an illusion like only a certain amount of it belongs to you. Like the lack of belief. Right? What's that? The lack of belief. Like yes. You lack something. Like you lack something, exactly. A teenager asked me yesterday, well, where do you go all day, every day? Because they asked you if I could buy something, and I normally, and it's always just I could buy it. Uh-huh. But I, I, my, the funds in my account weren't reflecting the, the, the need. So <laughs> I just said, no, I can't. And then she was just waiting for me to explain why I couldn't. Oh, okay. And I was like, oh, uh, I, I just don't have any money in this moment. Maybe tomorrow. Ask again. <laughs> she's like, but where do you go? <laughs> <laughs> like, shouldn't you come back with some money? Yeah, where's the money? <laughs> yeah. I go to the playground. Yeah. I love that. I want to think like that constantly. <laughs> You've freaking been gone all day. You should be coming back with some money. You should be able to buy stuff. <laughs> so we hold ourselves in, and you know, it's willingly. We hold ourselves in this idea that we need money for things constantly. It's constant. And this is such a big illusion, too. The money thing, it takes a lot of constant feeding. There's constantly feeding it. I'll see my mind just go on a little trick, trick and make like a calculation for how the bills are going to be paid in the next two weeks or something. <laughs> And then I'll just, be, I'll just like be like, okay, that was so meaningless. Glad I don't have to think about that anymore. You know, it, it's fun because, uh, because, you know, when it first started out, um, 
oh boy, when I first started noticing those thoughts were coming up in there, I was like, but it's, but it's actually true, but it's not true, but it's true, but it's not true, but it's definitely, okay, uh, now there's recognition that it's not true. So it's just like really funny when it comes up and it's like, okay, I know that is not true. And I was talking with one of my friends who was saying that she's going to go bankrupt. And, um, and, and I said, well, uh, I said, well, what happened? Did you miss some payments or something? And she's like, oh, no, I never missed any payments or anything like that. And I go, oh, why are you going to go bankrupt? Oh, I just don't want to pay it anymore. And, and I go, oh, okay, well, you know, you don't have to do that, like, right away. You can wait until you don't, um, you can't make any payments. I mean, that's like, you know. Uh, make a list of it. Yeah. Like, well, well, you can. And, and the thing is, the thing is that, you don't know what's going to occur. You don't know. But the, but the story was, my friend's story was, I only make this much money. I can only afford this much. Okay? So that locks you in. The word, it's fixed income, locks you in. You cannot see possibilities. You cannot see possibilities. If I only make this much, and that's my story, then that's the story. I, I don't, you know, I, I am committed to my story. In fact, I've seen people get so committed to the story that um, if you try to let them know that they can open up to more, they'll actually reinforce their story with more information to support that they actually can't not make more than that. <laughs> right? Cannot. Nope, this is the most I can, this is the most I'm going to allow myself to make. So, since I'm so poor, now I need this assistance. You know, since I'm so poor, it's like we're setting ourselves up for more and more and more and more number one control over people because who do you need assistance from? Your government, isn't that fun? Which we all set up to be a reflection of a guilty self-belief. To make it as if we need to be governed. Yeah. It's all set up. And see, the thing about the government, like when I was doing some activism and stuff, my mission as, as, as an activist, was to dismantle the government. And what came really clear to me is, like, that is not how you dismantle the government. <laughs> you know, I mean, we're, the, the best case scenario that can come, come from that is the government that we see right now, this is the very best case scenario, gets kicked out, and then there's a new government, and then that shit starts all up, all over again. <laughs> Okay, because it's coming from the mind. It can't help but start up over again. <laughs> it doesn't matter if you get the best government you ever saw in your life. It's still going to do the same thing. Um, so then, you know, when the call came, okay, Hope, that's enough activism. No more activism were the exact words. No more activism. Um, it was like really shown to me. Well, this is how you dismantle the government. You forgive the illusion that you made of it. You just keep on forgiving the illusion that you made of it. You don't need it for anything. You know, 
You don't need it to uh, protect you. That was the first one. You know, the, you know, the first reason um, people came up with for needing a, a government was to protect them from external forces. Someone's going to come and attack us, right? And then we start using it to protect us from each other. And then we start using it for all kinds of different guilty things, guilty scenarios, right? So now that it looks like it's like full on um, bringing it, bringing it to the peeps, a lot of people are having that perception. Like I say all the time, perceptions are subjective. Not necessarily everyone is going to have that perception. Person can still have a suffering perception while having a really um, happy, joyful, gleeful perception of the government, okay? Because then it's just directed at anyone else who is not thinking like them. That's all it is. All of the upset kind of energy is like directed at someone who seems to be not thinking like you. So the way to dismantle the government, if anyone else has that as a mission in their mind, is to dismantle the sense of separation in your mind. That takes care of the government. Okay, um, they don't have they don't they don't have any business with you unless you're resisting that kind of energy. Unless you're resisting that energy, they have no business with you. Okay, um, any kind of uh, authoritative authority problem or anything like that comes from you making it true that the authority that you perceive outside of yourself actually has authority. The thing is, it actually does not have any authority over you. You're 100% in authority. It doesn't matter um, how many people, what their armies look like, guns, whatever. You're 100% in authority. That's why um, no matter what they bring to the table, no matter what the, the forces that seem to be outside of yourself bring to the table, put into your perception, go, okay, now you guys all have to do this. Uh, it's just not, uh, it's not true. There's no truth to it. You know, people, people get the perception that they're forced to do something, but you cannot be forced to do something because their hand is yours. So it's like, thank you. And no, thank you. It's like, no, no, thank you. That's not for me. You know, you're not going to you're not going to succumb to some force that seems to be outside of yourself unless you sense that it is outside of yourself. You're just not going to succumb. And that, you know, that is a mental choice. It's not any other kind of choice. Someone comes up, comes up to you and they're, oh, you're under arrest. Oh, thanks. You know. <laughs> this ought to be interesting. <laughs> I've done that. <laughs> they're so confused. They're like, what? Come on. Yes, please, please. Oh, 
Yeah, it's a it, it, it's a it's a gift. Whether you know, I know my dad told me because he used to go uh, in and out of prison or jail or whatever a bunch of times, like before I was born. And he's he used to tell me that he wanted to go because they had stuff that he didn't have on the street, you know. A pot, a cot, and three hots. The place to go to the bathroom, bed, three meals, three hot meals. And that's like not something they would get. But even if, you know, you you normally live way better than a jail cell or something like that, it's for your benefit. It would be for your benefit. So people tell me, well, what wouldn't that attract it to you? And I said, no, it's actually the opposite of that because you're not resisting it. It's a thing of a resistance again. It comes to resistance again. When you're welcoming everything, you're in a vibration that's joyful. You're in a vibration that's open and joyful. So it's like, you, you know, you're resonating to things that match that vibration. And, you know, it, it's like it, for me and for people who have, have been practicing forgiveness for a while like this it's like no matter what it is even if even if the individual uh let's say projected mind within myself is having a really hard time with it like it's a really shitty perception it's met with gratitude you know like my husband was telling me uh telling me the other day it's like there's not a problem with anger. Why would, why would there be a problem with anger? When anger comes up, I'm happy I, I am aware of the anger. That's what you could be really happy about. I'm aware of the anger. I'm not trying to get away. I'm not trying to make it go away. I'm also not trying to justify it. And see, trying to justify it is the same as trying to make it go away. It's the same thing. But people don't notice that when you're justifying it, you're resisting it, you're pushing it down. So if you say, I'm really angry because uh, those fucking uh, anti-maskers are spreading all kinds of diseases, you know, uh, that's, the, that's a blaming on something. Or, you know, I'm really angry because the, uh, the vaccine is, is killing people um, more than COVID, right? Uh, and you're like, uh, and, and, and you're like believing that that's a good reason to be angry. That's where you're using anger to hurt yourself. You're actually resisting the feeling if you make it about something on the surface. Or you could say, I'm really angry because um, this guy rang my doorbell and left a bag of shit in the front, on the front porch. <laughs> and people will be like, that's... I'd be angry too. That is really understandable. And you're like, oh, wait a minute. I'm really digging myself a hole now. Now I'm really setting myself up. It's kind of like you're socking yourself in the jaw saying you're angry because of this. And you know, it's fun because there's, uh, uh, there's, there's some way of talking too where you can say, um, when I got the perception of you doing that, it made me feel angry, for instance. Okay. Uh, no, it didn't. It didn't make you feel like that. Uh, and thank you for making me that way. I mean, really, that's the case. I mean, and, you know, I'm sharing that with you in this moment 
And at the same time, if someone came up to me, uh, to me and go, hey, Hope, you know, when I heard you say this, it made me feel like this. I would just let them know. Thank you for letting me know. You know, if they're open for, or they're asking, what now what are you going to do with, about it? What would you like me to do about it? Yeah, and they might. Yeah, they might say, "I want you to shut the fuck up." Okay. Well, thank you for letting me know. I'm going to decline that request. Well, if you don't do that, then you're a shitty person. You're and you're causing this, and you're causing all this kind of problem. And and um, okay, I hear you. Thank you. And then if they ask, can you help me with that? Then that's a different well, story. Can you help me with that? I'm having this perception. It hurts. See, there's, a, there's also a drive in the, in the ego to confound a person. To, to help them see where they're not quite as good as they can be. They're not quite up to par. They need to be more in integrity. They need to live up to their word. That's not up to you. You only need to take care of your own mind. If you're perceiving that someone is not up to integrity... That's an opportunity for you. Get some peace. They're not there. They're not actually there. Not in that way. They're there as themselves. A very strong support for you. Bringing gifts of insight. Every single one of them. I mean every single one of them. No matter what it looks like to you. This person's crazy. Wait a second. This is my strong support. Each person is like that for us. And they give us a gift. They're giving us something good. created the ego to protect us from an insane world because it's like yeah the ego is a buffer between the insane world and what we really are so it created this ego scenario oh the ego is the insane world too Mm. so it's both it's like it's you know and again government gives us such a good symbolism here it's like the ego makes problems and then acts as if it's the protector it's going to protect you from those problems good thing i have my ego because if i didn't have my ego i would have i wouldn't have seen that coming and been able to protect myself from it right it's 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 going to keep on making problems so that the ego can keep on being a solution over and over and over again 
And you know, whether you call it ego or not, that doesn't really matter. It's just an upset thought. When you have an upset thought, and that's any kind of judgment, anything that's unkind, you know, to you or to anyone else, that's what I'm calling the ego. It's based in fear. It's an image that seems like it needs to be protected. Um, Things seem to threaten it. So it thinks it needs to protect itself from an insane world. And as it thinks it needs to protect itself, it does need to protect. Let's say it like this. As you agree with the ego's thought that it needs to protect itself, it does need protection. Because in an insane world, you know, which you're projecting, it does need protection and you don't have to even concern yourself with that. The protection will also take care of itself. It'll show itself. Aloha. Aloha. There's some stuff in there if you want to look for something to sit on, okay? Okay. Yeah. Last 20 minutes, best 20 minutes. Okay, you know, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> It's just that you never need any of the ego's thoughts. So you don't need a thought of anger. That's not necessary for you. You don't need that in order to get somewhere. I mean, I remember when I was younger, and, you know, my husband encouraged this too. You know, if you want to, like, get some gains in the gym, for instance, you got to get angry. You got to, ugh. And people say, they say, they think the same kind of thing. They think that the anger is going, to be, is going to push them toward something they want. But the thing is, no matter what result you see the anger got you on the surface, it's never getting you anything you want. You, you know, there was, a, there was a big debate going on with me and my husband probably like seven or eight years ago um, where he thought anger was really useful because when he gets angry and he's feeling angry, then he can really, um, you know, do some stuff with it. And, and I, was te- I was telling him that the only, the only thing uh, that anger is useful for is healing, using it for healing. When you use it to try to get something done in the world, it's just projecting it. Because you have to be trying to make something, make the anger real, the reason, the cause of the anger real, in order to use it to get something done. You actually have to be using that as a cause. So I noticed that in activism too, um, you know, people can be way more effective if they're not angry at the situation or at the the people who seem to be um, putting down the the mandates or the um, the restrictions or the punishments. You know, um, feeling angry and acting out of anger doesn't lead to anything you want, even on the surface. You know, sometimes it, it, may, it may seem to make some kind of wave and get some kind of uh, good reaction, like you got one up on the other person, but it always keeps on going back to more drama, more pain. So it's never, and, and that's what, you know, when people are saying, oh, I'm, I'm glad I got my ego because it protects me and it seemed like the anger was protective you know, he thought that it was protecting him. And that's the only reason anyone is going to um, take anger and go with it like that because it seems like it's beneficial. 
If I don't get angry, like for instance, if I don't get angry at child molesters, there's going to be more child molesting. It's not true. The opposite needs to take effect. A person who is, a, who is drawn toward harming another person needs relief in their mind. They no matter what the perception is that they have done before, they are not ruined. They just need relief in their mind. So, you know, if there's a, if, if there's, if there's relief in everyone's mind who is, who's in prison, if they're able to get relief in their mind, they're totally safe to go back out into the society. If they just get relief from the guilty concept in their mind. But look how the system is set up to make the guilty concept true and then take punishment for it. You'll never imprison enough persons to eliminate danger in a world like that. They'll never, and you'll never kill enough people. It'll never occur like that. It's going to take, and you know, we don't need to sit here and go, oh God, the system is so fucked up and it's so huge. How is it ever going to, remember it comes down to one, comes down to just one mind. Okay. Your willingness to see through the illusion that we've made allows you to see more and more and it encourages more people to see remember the only action the only thing that has any effect is observation and and in seeing what's true it encourage more people to see what's true in your perception in your perception that's why it only comes down to one because the whole world evolves because of you and your perception the whole thing that includes the government and everything. The whole thing evolves according to your perception. And the whole thing evolves in your perception for seeing through the illusion that it's really there. It's not there. You made it up. And you're going to see through at one point as your mind gets purified. Once the last separate thought of separation is purified, you see that none of that those things that you thought you saw were ever there. And that's what the whole purpose, that's what the whole point of everything that comes up, that's what it's for. So then you don't want to use it for anything else, right? And then it doesn't really matter how things manifest, right? Will I get the $200,000 or will I not? Good thing it doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> right? You, you don't have to start in on, uh, on stories. Should I buy this thing or should I not? I don't have a fucking choice. So I guess I'm going to see. I'm going to find out if I buy it or not. That's what's going to occur. And I'm going to watch all the stories I tell about how I have enough money or don't have enough money or my husband's going to kill me or stupid shit. See, like all, the, all, all the stories come up based on thinking that the illusion, illusion is true. But the thing is, you're not capable of buying anything. You can only have a dream of buying something. That's totally different. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> and you can't help it. That, that's what, you know, keep on setting up these guilty concepts. You know, we're going to keep on seeing through more, more guilty concepts until it's done. We, we set them up to see through them. And that's the only purpose of them. We never have to have a sickness arise 
We never have to have any sickness. You know, we get the perception that there is sickness because the mind is sick. That's the only reason we get the perception of sickness. We make the illusion so that we can believe that the sickness is outside of ourselves and not being projected from a sickness within, okay? We made it as if, you know, we made it as if, that, as if it is required of us, absolutely required of us to go through suffering. And guess what? We don't. We don't even go through suffering. We get a perception of suffering. We get a perception that there's someone suffering. We get a perception that we can sacrifice, and we do. We think we do. We get a perception that, uh, that there is, you know, I've heard, and it's a really common saying. This is a good one. I love this one. This is one of my favorites. Love is sacrifice. <laughs> if you, uh, you know, if you love me, and this is exactly what my friend was asking me this week. Basically, she was saying love is sacrifice. If you love me, if you, you know, you should show me real love and do what I ask you to do, which is, you know, get in between me and this other person that I'm quarreling with and take my side. <laughs> and it's like, well, oh, that, you know, that's not interesting to me, but thanks for asking, you know. And it's like, no, if you love me, then you will. If you don't love me, you're abusing me. And if you don't, and if you don't do this thing that I'm asking me, you don't love me and you're abusing me. How about that? <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and you know, that's how so many relationships are. And the thing is, that's not a real relationship. That's not even real. That's not how we relate. That's not even how we relate. We relate with energy. What we give is energy. We don't give anything on the surface. There's no other place we could be. There's no, we can't make another choice. Oh, well, I was going to use my money for rent, but since you needed to be bailed out of jail, and because I love you, I'm going to sacrifice paying my rent, and I'm probably going to end up in a car, because you know, I love you, so I'm going to do that for you. You don't have a fucking choice. You do not have a choice in that. There's no sacrifice. That's why there's no sacrifice. There's no choice. How can there, how can there be a sacrifice if you could not, not have a better situation than the situation you have right now occur for you? I mean, this, this, this moment and whatever it is that you perceive right now, this is the most important moment of your life. <laughs> the most important moment of your whole life. So whatever you're getting the perception of, if you're getting the perception that so, of something delusional, that's the opportunity to heal it. Oh my goodness, I'm in sacrifice. I think, I, I think I'm sacrificing right now. That's fucking awesome. I love that. Thank you for helping me get that perception. Well, I guess since those people really need me to do the activism, <laughs> you know, they think I'm their savior, I guess I better do it. Yeah. You're just like going to be pulled around like the wind. 
You're never going to know what your guidance is. If you're just listening to what other people are saying about what you should do, you put them all to help distract you from your guidance. (laughs) You like peppered the whole thing with all these different people to help try to distract you from your guidance just because you love it. It's a game, like a game. It's like hide and seek, right? So a lot of people have been playing this for a long time and lifetimes, in fact, where they seem so disconnected from their guidance that they don't know if they hear it or not. So they'd be like, Hope, how do I know? How do I know if it's my guidance and not the ego? Like, guidance is kind. That's all. And there's one, and your guide has one goal, and that is to teach your mind that no guilt is possible. All is innocence. That's your, that's your guide's goal. So if anything that seems like guidance, it seems like, uh, hope you really need to stop smoking spliffs every day or something like that. That is not guidance. Okay. Uh, for, for one thing, uh, you're not, you're not doing anything on the surface and your guide doesn't guide you that way doesn't guide you about anything on the surface. It's always do. So when I get the perception of a thought like that, uh, or say, uh, you need to get, you need to have more yoga. Like I'll be like, why am I so upset? Oh, you need to have more yoga for instance, right? That's not true either. That instant right there where the ego speaks and tells you what you need in the world that's where the opportunity for healing is. That's where to deny truth to that thought that tries to make it as if you need to do something in the world. I should be waking up earlier. That's my sweet son. He's so cute. I, gosh, I just wake up so late. Oh, that's awesome. No, it's not awesome. Why not? I have so much things I have to do. No wonder you're sleeping late. <laughs> That's the thing. It's like I have, I, have so, I have all these things I have to do. And that's completely imagined. There's no thing that you have to do. I love that feeling. You guys love it? Overwhelm? Yeah. That's one of my favorites. It's just so easy to recognize. Oh, I got a lot of shit to do, huh? Okay. <laughs> well, then that means it's time for a spliff. <laughs> Oh, there's, oh, there's too much, oh, there's too much to do. Uh, 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 You know, the thought will occur to me, oh, I got so much to do. Maybe I should just skip yoga today. Next thing you know, I'll put in like a half hour and a half practice, you know. Um, It's like, oh, yeah, I love that because I'll I'll get the sensation. And, you know, I don't have a choice over whether or not there's that hour and a half practice. But I get the sensation of overwhelm and allow so much relief that, I find myself just taking an even longer amount of time out just because it was so funny that I thought I had too much stuff to do. And, you know, it's not like you can't find yourself moving fast. That's, you know, the, the, the phys, in the physical sense, like say, you know, you're going to miss your bus or something, your bus is coming, and you're running to your bus. In the physical sense, you're just relieved of all burdens because you don't really mind if you make your bus or not. 
It just plays out the way it does. Then you just got some really nice exercise or something, you know? You're like, oh, I got, got all sweaty and now I'm here and now what is it? What, what's being revealed? Now what's going to, and it's all coming in the mind. See, people think they're looking outside of the mind for the blessings. Where's the person that I'm looking for? Where's the opportunity that I'm looking for? Uh, now, who's going to give you a benefit to me at this fucking place? You know? <laughs> but that's not even how it's coming. Our, our relating, the way we relate, again, it's energy. We relate with energy. So I don't need to have, uh, have your body in front of me to be relating with you. Like I can see you one time and think of you 30 years later. And then I'm relating with you. Okay. And whatever feeling is coming to me, that's the relating. That's how we're relating. I'm sharing that with you. I'm, I'm, I'm sharing that kind of energy with you. That's our relating. Your body could be passed away. It doesn't matter. We're still relating. We're all relating all the time. So this thing with wanting to make our relationships a certain way and just not let them, uh, let them show themselves and reveal themselves in whatever way. That's why we set ourselves up for disaster. And that's why in our love lives, uh, like for instance, uh, most prominently, but friendships too. I see people have falling out and, and stuff and there's no reason for that. That's only because you set them up a certain way. You set them up to be a certain way. And so then when they didn't, didn't live up to that way, you were having a hard time with seeing them that way, you know? Uh, and, and, you know, in my case, I don't normally see a person that's like, uh, you know what, Hope, you're a shitty friend. I don't want you to be my friend anymore. We are cutting it off. Um, you know, like, uh, but if I get that kind of perception, it's okay. It's like, oh, it's okay. And, you know, and, and it's open. Like you can come back anytime because I'm not like having a problem with you. You know, there's nothing about you that makes it like, it's not like, well, you're like this, but I forgive you, so I don't have a problem with you. <laughs> That's not forgiveness. Okay, so this forgiveness is, forgiveness is acknowledging that however you think you made them, that's actually not how they are. Whatever you think they said to you, that's actually not what they said. Whatever you think they meant, whatever you think they did, that, that's not what it was. But whatever perception I get of whatever the person seems to be doing, I appreciate the perception. That's fine. Even if they're telling me something that um, seems like it's bad about myself or, oh, sorry, you have to do this. Um, oh, uh, sorry, I'm calling FEMA, right? After FEMA, FEMA gave me $34,000 after my house went under the lava. And then they considered it a debt that I have to pay back, which is fun. So <laughs> they're like, how much do you how much would you like to pay? And I'm like thinking, 100 bucks a month? Okay, 100 bucks a month. So I'm paying them 100 bucks a month. Um, and, then, and, and then I need some paperwork. So I call them up and I'm like, yeah, I need this paperwork that says like how much I've been paying and how much I'm still owing and stuff like that. And guy didn't know what the fuck I was talking about. I'm on the phone with him for like a half hour. I'm like, okay, thank you. R really sorry about this. No, it's all good, thank you. Next day I call, get the sweetest lady. She doesn't know what the fuck I'm talking about. It's another phone number. It's a different phone number. She stays on hold with me while we're calling another department. 
a whole hour and then the phone disconnects, uh-huh. right? And man, it's like, I'm like, thank you. That was exactly what I needed. That was exactly what I needed to see because, you know, I've had, you know, if you guys know me and you've been following me for a while, you know that part of something that I do in my days or weeks or whatever is get on business calls, like straighten some shit out. Like when my, when my employees can't get to the bottom of things, I'm the final one who's like making the telephone call. So in watching how the reactions are and feeling victimized and everything like that, this time, this week, it was just like, oh, thank you. A- after an hour on hold with FEMA, it was just like really uh, sincerely like, oh, that was great. And, uh, my, and that, so I, I was on hold for so long, my bread baking was kind of getting behind. So, so, so I go, I, I, so my husband comes up, he's like, what are you, what are you doing? What are you doing with the bread? And I was like, oh shoot. Yeah. I've been on hold for a while. I need you to go do this and this and this, the bread. I've been on hold with FEMA. So like for this whole hour or whatever. So he does it and he's like, how'd the call go? And I go, oh, it got dropped. And he's like, oh, and I was like, no, it was totally good. It was so awesome. I didn't even like, I, I didn't even like feel any kind of um, upset about it. I was like, oh, that's awesome. And then the next day comes around and the FEMA phone number is still sitting there because before we got disconnected, before we were on hold for like an hour, she gave me their direct number. So I go, okay, next day, try it again. Get right through. Two minutes. They give me what they want. I ask, I ask uh, hey, um, can I get those documents by email or something like that? Because I kind of need them s- sooner for something. No, the only way we could do it is mailing, and you can expect it in three weeks. <laughs> That's also a part where I would normally, like, get really ruffled. Like, I would find myself getting really, like, what the fuck? But <laughs> three weeks. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, well, that, well, okay, thanks, you know. And it's just like all the way down the road, all the things, um, eventually you get to the point where all these things that seem to bother you just kind of like they're not a bother at all. And, and, it, and I noticed too, like what I would do would I make, when I'd make these things into a, a hassle or a problem for me, I'd make more work for myself because then I'd need to do something about it. Like maybe get online and maybe talk to some groups that, hey, how FEMA does business or something. Um, or maybe get in a group with some other people who got money for their lava home going under lava and then had to pay it back. And we can all get on there and we can, um, see if we could like file a complaint or something like that. Um, you know, I always try to like make so much more work for myself when it could just be like, okay, that's the way it is. Tell the other person who's expecting the document. I just got back. I just got off the phone with FEMA. It's going to take three weeks and the, and you know, the other person seemed like he wanted it right away. It's going to take about three weeks. Um, and he was just like, oh, well, it's all good. We'll just take care of this and this and this, and three weeks will be fine. Yeah. Um, it's like without all of this anger and pressure and onto it, even my husband, he was like, oh, okay. Like, very, like, like he wanted to commiserate with me. God damn it. And I was just kind of like, no, it was so good. You wouldn't even believe it. She told me that. And I remembered how I used to like so react to something like that. 
uh, or the, the phone just dropped. Uh, the, the call just all of a sudden, it's like, do, do, do. Like they all went home for the day after I was on hold for an hour. But these kinds of things, and you know, it occurred to me, like this is just set up so that we can get frustrated and keep protect, projecting this illusion. It's true. You could use it for that too. Look how this government world is set up to make it so that I'm super, uh, the, I have to get frustrated and angry anytime I want to do any business with them. I have to be on hold for a whole, they're going to make me be on hold for a whole hour so they can make me repay money that they gave me and it was oh, on and on. Yeah, you can say that's, yeah, that's on purpose. It's on purpose. So it can get you all riled up and in resistance to the government. But you made it like that. It is on purpose, and you made it like that. And even if people uh, think that they're making it, they're doing it to you, you actually are propping them up in your experience like that so you can get that perception. So it's like, yeah, when you, when you realize you're the one that made it so that you can get frustrated by sitting on hold like that, you're happy to be on hold. Okay, go ahead. Do it to me. And, and the thing is, it doesn't matter what you seem to be doing. There's this sense like I just lost an hour and I wasn't even productive because I just been on hold for an hour. You know how productive an hour can be as far as awakening your mind? Watching all the thoughts that come in that tell you you're wasting time. Why are you doing this? Oh, why are you, uh, why is this even useful in, in developing anger? I bet you those people who answer the phone over there. For one thing, they seem like they might be short-staffed sometimes. I bet the people who answer the phone are just like, all right, what are they going to lay on me this time? Right? I mean, especially that line where you're calling back because you owe a debt to FEMA after they paid you out. <laughs> they're, they're probably getting like 90% of people just freaking pissed. <laughs> and I remember when I told Bob a while ago, I was telling Bob, yeah, I'm going to have to pay back that 30-some that thousand. And he's like, what the? F-? And I go, Bob, you see what it's for, though? Look at, look at, I mean, these, this, this is the thing. It's like, it just like makes you smile. It's such a blessing. Oh my God. It looks so, uh, it looks like such an injustice. My house is in fact 50 feet under the lava and all the, lava, and, all, and, all, and all the pineapples and everything. Um, and, uh, it seems like such an injustice. And I was like, as soon as it seemed like an injustice, I go, yes, that's for me. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'll take that. And that and that's not to say how something, you know, you know, the reason I'm the reason I'm getting a document for the for the people, the reason that they need that document is cuz now this group wants to pay me for the home that wasn't insured that went under lava like a couple hundred thousand dollars. So so, you know, it's not like it's saying don't give me the money, it's nothing like that at all. It's just like whatever it is that it's coming up for me, if you're saying I owe this debt and I'm feeling like it's an injustice, that is what's perfect for me. The feeling that the debt is in, owing the debt is injustice, that's the gift. That's exactly where it is. And that's where I get all juicy, you know, because I know that healing is occurring through that because of my willingness to see it as a benefit and not as something that can harm me.
and use it in that way. Use every instance of it in that way. Like, remember I talked about relating anything, anytime it, it crosses your mind. Anytime that FEMA thing crosses my mind, it just keeps on getting more and more forgiveness. And in that forgiveness, I'm getting released in my body's energy field. So that opens up the abundance channel for one and the joy channel and those things, you know, they're really the same channel. So, <laughs> so there's not a problem. It could say that I, I owe anything and it's the same to me. I'm, I'm perfectly abundant no matter what any kind of number says or anything like that. You know, I was hanging out with a friend one time and uh, she goes, she goes, I'm freaking out. My debt's up to $30,000. I can't believe it. I can't believe how I got my debt up to $30,000. And I go, oh, maybe this will help. And I took out my, uh, my app, my American Express app, and it said that my balance was like 108000 or something like that. How's that? She's like, what the? F but you're just normal. You're just living normal. I go, yeah. It doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> We're making it up. We're making these things up. I think it's funny. Are they gonna like keep on letting that go up? <laughs> that was uh, that was probably like I don't know, like five years ago or something like that. <laughs> you know, it's like it, it's like we get this sense like, oh, this debt, it's a burden. It's not real. It's actually not. There's no reality to it. It's a game. There's a game being played. Okay. Um, the, the whole credit and whatever game that is. Um, if you feel drawn to it, you might start playing it. If not, it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. You know, you might, uh, I, I was just like drawn to it, like from a young, you know, young and just like drawn to it, drawn to how are people doing this and how are people doing this and how are people doing this. And, um, and it's interesting to me and I like the game and I think it's fun and I don't actually, uh, uh, have any stake in it. That's the thing. I don't actually have any stake in it. So, you know, when people are playing the game, the thought that occurs to them, oh my God, what if I lose all my money and then have no resources, then I live in a van, then I can't feed my kids, then I can't buy them video games and whatever, stuff like that. I just don't entertain that thought. I just don't entertain it. If that kind of situation, that kind of scenario came where it seemed like that, that, then that's for healing. So that's perfect. I don't need to um, get sit around being worried about anything. So the, the, thought it, the thought itself can come and just be welcomed as it is before the healing that it brings. That's also bringing with it a healing. Everything calms down. The perception, it comes to meet you. It's like it, it's like it comes to serve you. You know, one of my friends was saying, hope you actually don't do anything. Um, she had a dream. She had a dream about me and my husband. And the dream was, wasn't dirty. <laughs> and, and the dream was that she was going, hope you don't do anything. And my husband was going, that's because I do everything and I love doing everything. And, you know, the, the symbolism of, of that, it's like, yes, you are never having to do anything. And whatever you think you are doing, you know, in my friend's mind, it's like my husband has to be doing it for me. Whatever you think you are doing, you're not doing. 
You know, it is like that. Like it's set up like my husband seems like he's taking care of like just about everything. You know, it looks like that. Um, sometimes it, I get the sense of that too. But I know that everything's taken care of by spirit. There's nothing else that it can be taken care of. So when I get the perception of my husband's not available to take care of something, it's not a freaking problem. You know, I like to joke around sometimes like it's a problem. Like if I'm on a trip and I'm with a bunch of other people and my husband's not there, my shit doesn't get into the car automatically. Like I have to put my stuff in the car. It's like damsel in distress. <laughs> Where's my man? <laughs> but no, I've, had, I've actually had an experience of him like totally down where he can't help me out for months on end and still felt completely free like I'm not doing anything um, because you, cause you're not capable of doing anything anyways. So to me, it doesn't matter what's before me that seems like it needs to be done to me. Whatever it is, it's only there for me to bring joy to it. Okay? And healing and forgiveness to any kind of thought that tells me it shouldn't be like this. It should be exactly like this because this is the way I wanted it and it's not really like that. So, hooray, everyone. I love you. Thank you. Appreciate you. Does anyone have any questions? You guys, are, you guys are freaking amazing. <laughs> Thank you so much. Amazing that someone born within hours of me is talking about what you're talking about. And I just have to bring that up. You know what? It's it's it, 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 it's it's pretty freaking awesome. Bee ceremony is about what you're talking about. Seriously. And how the bees do the alchemy process. Nice. More of what you're talking about into more scientific and spiritual explanations. I am so excited for that. I just love that. And I love how that's occurring in my perception. And it just keeps on seeming like more and more consciousness popping, 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 popping. I'm so Actually, excited that about that. About, about the, the, the area that you live in. Uh huh. Or you live in, and the basketball gang banging and the noise and yeah. the gang banging and then how you just go walking through the neighborhood. The bees are doing that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice. I love it. Well, if anyone wants to, so they set up for the um, the, what do you call it, the uh, cuddle puddle where you guys are now. So if you want to join bee ceremony. Come on over whenever you're done with hope. Yay! Bee ceremony.